Welcome to a special parent series, an offshoot of the Success is Subjective podcast, still brought to you by the collegealternative.org website, presented by Lilly Consulting, and I'm still your host, Joanna Lilly. As with the evolution of any podcast, I was hearing from more and more parents about how they wish that they could share their story, how they'd wish that they'd known others were going through similar experiences, how they'd wish they'd known it was okay for their child to get help earlier, or how they'd wish they'd even known that therapeutic consultants existed. That's how this special series came to be. Each month, I'll be releasing anonymous parent interviews as they briefly share their emotions, talk through their biggest fears, and impart a piece of advice for other parents out there that may have a struggling adolescent or young adult. This special series feels liberating and instills hope. Without even broaching the topic of success, we are inherently talking about the shifts in what success looks like through the eyes of a parent whose child is struggling with their mental health or substance use. It almost doesn't need to be said, but of course I'm going to say it anyways. Success for each of these parents and their child is subjective. My next guest still feels strongly about her experiences. She describes her daughter as someone who lit up every room she walked into, that type of someone that everyone was drawn to. She had many friends, was a strong athlete, and always worked hard in school. She made her life look and seem beautiful and relatively easy. But apparently that wasn't what was going on for her. My guest shares how she didn't really see it, understand it, or recognize the signs of how much her daughter was suffering, spiraling downward and self-medicating with alcohol. This mom describes it as a slow burn at first, and then there were so many awful events, decisions, and situations, one right after another, until there was very little left of their once happy, well-adjusted daughter's life. The mom describes her as becoming unrecognizable. Now, this family went through the journey of a residential treatment program, followed by an intensive outpatient program, and a women's recovery house over the span of one year. In fact, this young woman just recently celebrated her two years of sobriety. So let's not wait any longer. Here's this mom's story. Thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to jump right in. So let me just ask this question right out of the gate. Describe the feelings that you had when your young adult was struggling or when they made a decision that impacted you. Well, I wish I could describe my feelings to you about a singular decision that surprised me or a struggle that stands out that my daughter made over the many years she struggled with her alcohol abuse. But actually, I can't. There were so many bad decisions personal struggles and surprising events that I had many strong, different feelings spanning probably eight to 10 years. Mostly I felt like I would never be happy or feel complete joy again because I was constantly worried about my daughter or I was often angry with her. Like, how could she do this to her life? How could she do this to the lives of everyone who loves her? For example, and this is a kind of a very simple everyday life Example, when she would call me, I would look at the phone and have to analyze whether or not I should actually answer. Something as simple as a call from my child was not simple and not easy most of the time. Would she be in a good mood? Oh my God, I so longed for those conversations when she was in a good mood. Or would she once again need me to bail her out of some scary situation 
that for the life of me, I couldn't imagine how or why she would end up there. So what kind of mom would I be if I didn't answer the phone every single time she called? Even when it may have been the 10th manic call in a two-hour time frame, regardless of what I was doing. When I would answer, sometimes she would say awful things to me, about me, the worst things anybody has ever said to me. She knew my vulnerabilities and she used them against me. And yet as a parent, how do I not answer that call from my baby? who I know is so desperate and struggling, who I love more than anything in this world. Talk about guilt and internal turmoil. I was sad and angry. And then I would have hope as she would do something or say something that sounded like she was on the right path and knew that she needed to make changes in her life. And I started to recognize her once again as my wonderful daughter. And then right when I started to trust that feeling, something awful would happen and I would be scared and sad and full of despair. And then I would feel hope again, only to have something else bad happen. And then mostly I would feel sad and desperate once again. So basically, in a nutshell, I was on an emotional roller coaster. Yes, you were. It certainly sounds like it. So during everything that you went through, which to your point, you just said it was a roller coaster, like talk about highs and lows. And for your only child, What was your biggest fear during this time? Well, it's funny that this is actually the easiest and hardest question to answer of probably all the questions. It's easy to answer only because it was so clear to me what was going to happen to my sweet, beautiful daughter if things didn't change. But the hardest thing for me still is to admit and say it out loud, even now, because it still hurts knowing what could have happened. My biggest fear was that my daughter would die. I could never use that word. I didn't know if she would die on purpose via suicide or accidentally being in the wrong place at the wrong time and at the hands of a bad person who might take advantage of her and her condition or accidentally drinking herself to death. I cried so much for so many years And I sadly would see her funeral in my head. I tried so hard to keep those images out of my head, but it was hard. When she was either very low and full of despair or living on the edge and making really scary, impulsive choices. I just got like a a full body reaction to the pain that you are experiencing, right? Like that is a heartbreak hearing that you kind of planning in your head uh, what her funeral would look like. That's, That's hard to hear. So I'm just gonna switch gears because I do think that there's so much vulnerability and emotion that comes into this conversation, even though this is far enough in the past, it still feels very fresh. So as a parent, Who did you lean on for support during this time? That's a great question and really important for parents or loved ones with a child with an addiction problem or similar problems. But I had a great therapist and I still do. I read a lot of books. I went to Al-Anon meetings, although probably not as many as I should have. We had a great parent coach. The things we learned uh, from him were life-changing, and it clearly helped 
my daughter and me. I have a sister who I leaned on so heavily. I am lucky to have her. And I do have a great circle of friends, but honestly, I just truly trusted one friend with this very difficult time. I couldn't depend on the other people so much because at least for me, it was hard to share some of the very scary, disturbing things that happened. And it's easy for people who don't understand what is truly going on to both offer unsolicited, unhelpful advice or harsh judgments, even though they were well-intentioned. And But last, not least, um, our therapeutic educational consultant, I don't know if I can say on this interview that it was Joanna, you, Joanna, I called her one very desperate Saturday after three failed treatment centers and too many scary moments to mention. We didn't know you, Joanna, prior to that day, but we credit you in part with saving our daughter's life and, and ours as a family. Thank you. Uh, what advice would you give a parent that is going through this right now? Well, this is going to be easier said than done, <laughs> but um, you have to know this is not your fault. No matter how much blame your child may want to put on you because they have too much shame to handle on their own, it still isn't your fault. I highly recommend somehow connecting with people who have been or currently are in a very similar situation. They will understand the unspoken fears, frustrations, and will not judge you or your child at all because they understand. It's like being part of a club that you never want to be a part of, but you are so grateful for the people you meet as they will help you in a way that others can't. Take care of yourself. Okay, so you're probably thinking, how in the world can I take care of myself when my child is suffering so much? How could you not be tired and sad all the time, you might be thinking? It does not help your child at all if you're not taking care of yourself. They're going to do whatever they're going to do, regardless of what you do for yourself. And then lastly, I think it's so important to learn about what enabling is and to work on not being an enabler. I did not become an enabler overnight. It took years. As things got worse, I really thought I was helping and loving but I was enabling. Took a lot of work with my therapists and the parenting coach for me to understand how my enabling ways did not help my daughter. And one of the very hardest things I heard from one of my therapists, but that really resonated with me, was when she said, the way your daughter is living is going to kill her eventually. Your enabling her only helps her get there. I still hear that in my head. I certainly didn't want to lose my daughter, but I knew I couldn't lose her knowing I, even with the best of intentions, aided by enabling her. This was the single hardest lesson for me, and yet it was those words that had me change my ways that I believed were good ways that ended up having my daughter hit her rock bottom and ask for help and accept the help that she needed. I am very proud to say that my daughter is two years sober and truly living her best life. It is also great for me to say that I now love when my daughter calls me. The simple act of when my daughter calls me, I love. Once again, I can't wait to pick up that call. She and I have come a long way. 
So I am just so incredibly grateful for all the help and wisdom I received along the way. And I hope all the parents out there listening to this podcast know that you are not alone and that you are really good parents, no matter how hopeless you may feel at times. Thank you for being willing to be vulnerable and share this high level snapshot of your experience and being open and willing to share the advice for other parents that are listening. Thanks for asking. That's it for this week's success is subjective episode. I want to thank the parents for joining me on this week and for being willing to share their journey. It's raw, vulnerable, and takes some serious courage to be willing to put their voice out there into the podcast universe. Stay tuned for the next episode in this special parent series where you can bet it'll be another family sharing their personal story of adversity, acceptance, and peace. You might have noticed that there's no contact information in the show notes for this special parent series, but if you're interested in getting connected to the parent on a particular podcast episode, please email me, Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, at successissubjective.org. If you are a parent who's interested in being a guest on the podcast, also email me at joanna at successissubjective.org. I will be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the collegealternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on any other popular podcast apps such as Amazon, Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And last but not least... Success is Subjective is listener-supported, made possible by me and you. You can show support for the continuation of this podcast by donating on the successissubjective.org website. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it. Do you have a teenager or young adult who seems to have lost their way? Maybe they need help navigating adolescence, adulthood, and decisions surrounding higher education. Or maybe they have become withdrawn, their grades are slipping, or they are flat out living a reckless lifestyle, and you're concerned about their health and well-being. If this describes what your teen or young adult is facing, a therapeutic consultant may be able to help. Mental health, addiction recovery, and higher education can all be equally expensive. While information is everywhere, how do you know what option is the best one for your family? Some parents have the time to research and navigate this on their own. Some don't. If the latter applies to you, enter Therapeutic Consultants. Therapeutic Consultants, like Joanna, listen to your family's specific needs and advocate on behalf of your loved one. TCs will research therapeutic resources, recommend treatment programs, and assist during adulthood transitions. Not being affiliated with any program, their support is completely objective and catered toward the best interest of each unique family. To find a qualified therapeutic consultant to work with, check out TCA, also known as the Therapeutic Consulting Association. Their website is therapeuticconsulting.org, all one word. Again, that's therapeuticconsulting.org. Then click the Find a Pro tab up at the top.